Oh, hey, Matt, I'm over here. Oh, hey, Z. Sorry, I'm late. I got tied up at work. Oh, so the job at the BDSM store is going well, then? Yeah, you could say that. They're really whipping me into shape. Acceptable company. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's get into it. So, what is your thoughts on evolution? Um, I actually didn't know what evolution was for a really long time. Like, very, very late in life. Because I was brought up on the, the seven-day creation story. story. And I believed it. I remember being in my early 20s and talking to someone about it. Like, blah, 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 seven-day creation. And then they were like, you believe in the seven-day creation story? And I just, like, had no idea that. It- what, there were other beliefs out there? Yeah, I, I really didn't know what it was. Did for a you long just, time. Did you not do biology in high school? I went or? to a Christian school. Yeah, so did I. No, they didn't. They didn't teach us. You about never learned evolution. Uh, or you didn't if pay we attention. did, maybe I didn't pay attention. <laughs> so the basic concept is that over the course of millions and millions and years, and and divergent lifestyles, animals evolve because they they develop traits that help them to survive, and that mm. gets passed on to the young, and so those traits get amplified. So over the course of millions and millions and millions of years, these animals will diversify and they'll yes. become optimized for survival now don't worry we're not going to sit here and talk about evolution though i I do think (laughs) evolution is fascinating but what is even more fascinating z is when evolution fails I've recently watched a video on YouTube by a channel called Casual Geographic mm-hmm. called Animals That Got the Middle Finger from Evolution. Okay. Um, so it's a very fun video. Um, I'm just going to mention some of the animals that everyone here will probably know and we can talk about how evolution has failed them. Love it. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, the first one on the list is the sloth. Classic slow boy. Yes. It's the slowest animal on the planet because <laughs> they have so little energy they can't expend any energy by moving. <laughs> I didn't know that was the reason. Because if they go into energy debt, it equals death. (laughs) In fact, they're so reluctant to move. If a baby sloth falls from a tree, the mum won't waste energy climbing down the tree to get it back. (laughs) What? She's just like, see you later? It's just like, see you later. Good luck. (laughs) They're so slow that algae grows on them. Oh my gosh. Now, funnily enough, they're actually really good swimmers. They can hold their breath for 40 minutes, longer than a dolphin or a seal, but they only ever swim by accident if they fall out of their tree (laughs) into water. And they are easy prey for anacondas and crocodiles. Um, next animal we're going to talk about is the kiwi. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, native to New Zealand. Um, now, the kiwi is related to such flightless birds as ostriches and emus. However, the kiwi stands under a meter tall. It can't fly. It's so basically pathetic. It can only survive <laughs> on New Zealand without any natural mammalian predators. The worst thing is, even though the kiwi is 60 times smaller than an ostrich, the exit lays are the same size. They're so big... They rearrange the organs and stretch the ridge cage of the kiwi. So it's definitely gone down a route of divergent evolution. That sucks, that egg thing. It's so bad. But trust me, there are worse ones coming. Oh, gosh. I've got two examples where the animal's screwing itself, essentially. So there's a crab called a fiddler crab. Basically, it's just, it's just a crab, but it's got mm. a massive claw, right? One of its claws is just huge. The crab okay. with the bigger claw attracts the most females. That's the trait the females are looking for. However, the big claw is useless in every other regard. It's too big to eat with. So basically, the female is looking for a nice big claw, but the bigger the <laughs> claws, the less efficient the actual crab is at survival. What, what do they like about the big claw? Just the aesthetic? You know, we're all looking for the size. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly... 
Zi, mm. um, an animal you may be familiar with, the peacock, also attracts females by having a nice big feathery plumage, right? Yes. But the bigger and heavier the plumage, the less efficient the peacock is at actually <laughs> taking flight and getting away from predators. Not to mention, when it has its feathers out and it's like display, it can't see behind itself. So it becomes easy prey for such predators as tigers. So the females are looking for males with this big impressive display, which is inherently making the species weaker <laughs> and more susceptible to predation. Um, I, I love these facts, by the way. I this thought, is amazing. I'm learning so like much. Them. The Luna Moth is basically born without a mouth. It cannot eat. It can only survive on the energy it has stored while being a caterpillar. They live about a week, just long enough to reproduce. Oh, wow. That's a very short reproduction cycle. A lot of these sort of animals, or like butterflies and things, have pretty short reproductive cycle. Um, but this one, yeah, cannot eat. It literally just survives to mate and then dies. The bare minimum of what is accepted by a species. All right, you ready for the big one? Oh my gosh, the the big one is still to come. The the big this is probably my, the most fucked up one. Okay. Yeah. The hyena, all right? Hyena from Africa, made famous in movies such as The Lion King. Yes. The females have developed a pseudo penis. <laughs> Which looks like a male's penis, but doesn't function like one. Okay. Except in the sense that they have to give birth through it. Oh. Not only that, but the hyena births the largest cub of any carnivore relative to the mum's size. Most mums don't survive the process because it involves splitting the pseudo penis in half, and 50% of cubs oh suffocate coming through. Through this little, like, urethra. Yeah. Oh my god. How screwed up is that? Imagine giving birth through your urethra. I don't want to. It's so <laughs> awful. It's awful. It's they... awful imagining it through just a regular woman's birth. I but <laughs> through urethra is I don't know particularly... how. Whose idea was it to give them a pseudo penis? Yeah, why, why did they evolve that way? I don't know. You'd think they would lose the penis. There's a creature called a Barbarossa, which is a pig from the Indonesian islands. Okay. But it's got these horns that grow out of its snout that over time curl around. They curl around back towards the pig's head and if not broken off in fighting, will eventually penetrate the pig's head and penetrate the brain. <laughs> oh, gosh. I thought you were going to say, like, go through their eyeballs. Yeah, well, not quite. It's, it's between the eyes. Can not, they not just, like, knock their head onto a tree to, like, break it off? They probably could if they were smart enough, but it's really not a very... They, they've got other horns that kind of block that. They've got horns coming out at the side of their mm. mouth like a normal pig, and then they've got these other things coming out almost below their forehead, somewhere on the snout. So it'd be a hard place to knock as well. All right, I've got one more, Z. Yeah? Um, the cheetah. You may know okay. it as the fastest creature in the world. I do. Um, but that's it. That's all they have going for them. They are, what do you mean? They're built for speed, but that's all. They are easily bullied by other predators. They expend heaps of energy to make a kill, but they spend so much energy they have to rest afterwards. And so other creatures can just steal their food. They can't climb trees because they've developed non-retractable claws because they run so fast. 70% of cheetah cubs won't survive and they don't roar. They can't roar. Ah, if you've heard, I didn't know that. You should look up noises a cheetah makes because it's more like a chirp. Ah, I really had no idea. That's crazy. Very cute, but definitely not the ferocious carnivore that we would think them to be. It kind of reminds me of like those people at school who are like really good at sports, but then they're not very bright. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, so okay, the, cool. The That's cheetahs like are the jocks. They peak in high school. The cheetahs are the jocks of the animal kingdom. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, that's everything I got on my list. That was amazing. I, I feel so educated. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling you might enjoy that. I can't believe 
believe the, the hyena is the one that blew me away. That is insane. <laughs> I really want to know for what reason they would have developed a penis. Uh, yeah. Is it to like ward off the males? Yeah, that's a good point. For whatever reason they had to develop a penis to give birth through, it must have been <laughs> really awful to make this scenario the better alternative. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that. I'm going to look up that video. Ah, should do. I think you will enjoy it. Matt, I wanted to talk about a topic that I know is near and dear to both of our hearts. Is it friendship? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but our friendship kind of developed around this, I would say. Is it a mutual appreciation for Subway? Close. Well, yeah, (laughs) a a mutual appreciation for fast food. Ah, fast food. What would we do about it? I know. It's so good. So tasty. So affordable. So so convenient. So bad for you. Um, I wanted to talk about our favorite fast food menu items okay. and also the most underrated menu items maybe that are often, you know, they don't get the, the recognition and the limelight they deserve. Exactly. Like, like the filet of fish. Like the filet. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. I didn't have that on my list, but yes, totally. The filet of fish. Oh, so good. Not no one I, ever orders it. No, I'd never order it. Oh, it's yum. Is it? It's yum. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's definitely, like, I would say the mascot for underrated fast food menu items. We should try one, actually, and maybe report your um, review of it. Okay. Do you like seafood generally? Yeah. I mean, a fish fillet, yeah. Yeah, you like it. Okay. Do you like tartare sauce? Yeah. Do you like cheese? No. Oh, you'll have to get it without the cheese then. Wait, fish and cheese? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an odd combination. It's, like, odd but perfect, you know? Okay. I guess the big four for me... McDonald's, mm-hmm. Hungry Jack's, mm-hmm. KFC, mm-hmm. and I've added in Red Rooster in there just to mix it up a bit. So, okay, let's start with McDonald's. What is your, like, go-to? What would you say is your favorite menu item from McDonald's? From Mac, is it, it's it's honestly probably the nuggets, the 24 oh, nuggets. Oh, yeah. Now they have, yeah, now they have, the, they have like, permanently the 24 nuggets for $10 or whatever it is. Nice, easy pick. Agree. Nuggets are so good. Fresh nugs. I love the McChicken burger and the Quarter Pounder burger. I, I like, alternate between the two. I haven't had a McChicken in ages. My, my burger go-to is the Big Mac. Excellent choice. It's so good. It's a classic. Um, what about any like menu items that you really like that are underrated that you feel don't get the appreciation that they deserve? Does anything come to mind or not really? Not a Macca's. I feel the sausage and egg McMuffin. Oh, yeah. Do you think it gets the recognition it deserves? I feel like it doesn't. Well, what do you think people's go-to breakfast item is? I would have thought the bacon and egg McMuffin. Okay, I see what you're saying. But the sausage, it's like you can't replicate that flavor. I've never had that flavor anywhere else and it's so good. It's like spicy. And the orange juice, whatever it is. Oh, yes. Agree. Satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I forgot all about that. McDonald's orange juice just hits different. It's so good. Um, I do love the McCafe stuff. Like a chai oh, yeah. from McDonald's, so good. Better than a normal cafe. Not really a partaker of the McCafe. You should. Highly recommend. Well, look, a, a recommendation from you is, is worth two recommendations from other people. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, all right. So that's Macca's. Hungry Jacks. I mean, the obvious answer for, like, the go-to item is... The Whopper? The Whopper, now, yeah. Confession time. <gasps> I don't eat Stop. Hungry Jacks. Okay. It's, it's never really have. 
I do have a story about Hungry Jacks. One day on the way home from work, there's a there's a KFC I like to swing by to grab dinner on the way home. Mm-hmm. I was particularly tired for some reason and accidentally walked into a Hungry Jack store. And I swear to you, I had no idea it was a Hungry Jack store. I thought it was KFC. Mm-hmm. I looked at the menu. I was confused by all the beef. I'm like, <laughs> there must be new menu items or something I'm missing. So I... <laughs> I bought something, not until I got into the car and saw the Hungry Jack's bag that I realized that I'd shopped at Hungry Jack's. But you've never been before? Maybe many, many years ago with right. like as a kid. But So you are not familiar with the flavor of a Whopper? Is no. that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. Stop! We actually have to do a podcast episode where we get a live reaction of you eating a Whopper for the first time. Is it that good? Yeah. You know how they say the burgers are better at Hungry Jacks? Are they better at Hungry Jacks? A Whopper, I would say, is up there. Big time. Oh, my God. It's definitely in contention for being better than the rest. Of the fast food joints? Of all of the burgers, yeah. Oh. (laughs) I've, okay, I'm I'm a bit shell shocked at the moment that I'm, you've been missing out on this aspect of life. I'm sorry I've held this from you for so long. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a rich experience. I don't know why you've deprived yourself. How do I call myself a, a person that's really lived their life without trying to help her? You can't. I don't think you have. I don't think you've actually lived. Oh God. <laughs> Here I thought I was doing all right, but... So, moral of the story, don't have one because I want to be there when you eat one for the first time. Deal. I will hold off. Um, I would say two underrated menu items. I know you haven't been to Hungry Jack's lately, so I'll just quickly rattle them off. There's a hash brown cheeseburger. It's a cheeseburger with a hash brown inside. How do you feel about hash browns in burgers? Amazing. I think every burger place should have a hash brown option. Agree. 100% agree. Some people don't like it. Like They think it's too carby, but... No. It, it is an excellent addition. It elevates any burger. Oh, yes. It goes into. 100% agree. Okay, moving on. KFC. So KFC is probably my go-to mm, of these it's four. It's great. KFC satisfies. Yeah. Or at least it smells like it satisfies, and then afterwards you regret your decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the aftertaste of regret. What is your go-to item? Probably a twister. A uh, twister yeah. and a meal with some nugs on the side. But KFC nuggets are really good because they have that same like seasoning on the batter. Controversial opinion, but I think they're better than Macca's nuggets. I would, you know, not disagree with you. Mm. Definitely, they're battling it out for that top spot. I think. Well, KFC came up with the 24 nuggets thing first. Oh. And, and that, Mac stole it, but now Mac is known for it. Yeah, well, Mac is do it permanently now. KFC bring it out occasionally. Uh, um, I love the original recipe, the drumstick in particular. Um, I think popcorn chicken is also very nice. Oh, yeah, big time. Sometimes I would just get like a maxi popcorn chicken and chips, and that's that's literally my meal. It hits the spot. It does hit the spot. I have some controversial, unpopular opinion, um, underrated menu items. You won't like them. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> But I love KFC coleslaw. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean you love it? It's so good. Just with the chicken, you know, the oils of the meats and then the, the crunch of the <laughs> coleslaw. It's a match made in heaven. Okay. You hate it. I, ugh, I'm not a big coleslaw guy to begin with. <laughs> so it, it was already on a, you know, it was already on a back A disadvantage. Board. Yeah. Okay. 
And lastly, Red Rooster. So I, I think Red Rooster in general is underrated. Oh, agree. 100% agree. I quite like Red Rooster. So do I, yeah. I think that... But no one really talks about it. Yeah, it's always kind of talked about in hushed tones. Yeah, like yeah. People order Red Rooster in shame. You know, there's no Red Rooster in the city. Like, it's a western suburbs thing. It's an outer suburbs thing. Really? Yeah. I think the closest one to the city is like in... Like around the Strathfield area. My go-to is the, the Ripper Roll, which is... It's just, it's just great. It's just chicken, some lettuce, and like an aioli sauce. Real good. Real good shit, Z. <laughs> <laughs> like, my go-to item is very similar. It's called a flavor wrap. Just like some like crumbed chicken in a wrap with some nice dill mayo and some, some tomato and lettuce. And it, it's to, good. Not it's to mention good. you can just get like a quarter chicken and chips and gravy from Red Rooster. Yeah, is- the, the roast meals. That's what I was going to say was my um, underrated menu item. They have these roasts in a little cardboard box. <laughs> But with gravy and like the veg. But it's good. If you just feel like some chicken and chips, bam. Red Rooster's got you covered. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got to do our full assessment of the menus of these establishments. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty good. Luckily, I've had dinner already. Not long ago, um, on the weekend, I finally got something done that I've been wanting to get for a while. I got my... Belly button. <laughs> Go on. When you were saying I got something done, the first thing that came to my mind was like a belly button piercing or a nipple piercing. You know, no, I've, I've already got them done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so no, it was, uh, I got my COVID vaccine. Nice. Mm. Pfizer? Uh, yeah, Pfizer. And I thought it would be a good opportunity and a timely opportunity to just discuss the process and how it felt and what we went through. And because you've got yours as well. Yeah, I got the AZ. You got the AZ. So, so we have the. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. You're... <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have the we have the spectrum between us. Uh, so I got the Pfizer. Astra just had that kind of reputation about it. Not that I truly believed it would harm me, but I figured why not just get the one that has the better reputation. And then being in an LGA of concern, they made it that anyone over 18 could, you know, apply for Pfizer. So bam, within a fortnight, I had my appointment. So I got mine done at the vaccination center in Homebush. Ooh. Is that, where did you get yours done? RPA? At a medical center. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing your experience was quite different to mine. I was quite impressed by the scale of this operation basically shut all of homebush down and turned it into this vaccination hub it was quite Mm -hmm. insane as soon as i came out of the car park there were people standing there ushering people towards the vaccination center and it was about a 10 minute walk and along the way there's heaps of people police officers even people in army uniforms and you're just walking in this crowd um and then there's a few checkpoints you go through so you get to one and they they check your registration and they check your booking then the next one will check off your medicare card and your license and they'll stick the stickers on you to see if it's your first vaccination or a second one and you go here and she directs you towards someone you sit down and get the jab then you go it's all very it's uh, a factory line yeah but it, it was amazing this the amount of people i haven't seen this many people since the lockdowns began <laughs> <laughs> it was quite fascinating and I was, it was quite impressive. And even then, I was in and out probably in half an hour. Okay, that's good. Yeah, really quick. Did you have any side effects? Uh, no, I, I had a sore arm, which a lot of people is talking about. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. I see that with Pfizer, the second one, you might get a bit sick. That's what I've heard. I've heard the second Pfizer and the first Astra is meant to be yeah. bad. Yeah. How was your Astra experience? Well, first of all, I just want to point out how annoying it was that I, you know, spoke to my GP about the risks and I waited up for a couple of weeks 
and then booked it in. And then literally the week after I got it done, my <laughs> LGA became an LGA of concern and I was eligible for Pfizer. <laughs> so all that like mental gymnastics of like weighing yeah, up the, the risks was like unnecessary. But anyway. Do you regret getting the Astra? No, not at all. It's fine. It, yeah, it is what it is. It's just like, you know, when you buy something full price and then it goes on sale the next week, <laughs> like that same feeling. <laughs> Yeah, you got the shitty no-name version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how did my experience go? It was fine. I essentially just stood in the waiting room until my name was called. There were a few others there waiting. The doctor just gave me a sheet of paper with all the symptoms I should look out for, like the unusual symptoms that I should be concerned about, mm. and then did it. I had to wait in a waiting room for 15 minutes afterwards just to see, and then left but then i was like waiting around because i knew that i was probably going to get sick but i got it done at 4 p.m and then it was midnight and i still wasn't sick i was feeling totally fine and i was like <laughs> oh maybe i'm one of those people that doesn't get sick afterwards <laughs> you know <laughs> feeling pretty chuff uh, yeah, and as then you, as you would as you would yeah and then like literally after midnight i was like shivering in my bed you get like a ton like, of breakers yeah and i had to take the next day off because i it felt like i had run the city to surf yes, and my exhausted. muscles were just sore yeah i couldn't i literally couldn't like even walking to the bathroom was a mission wow did it last only the day yeah just the one day and then i was fine the next day but it was fine because it being uncomfortable is fine for me being sick like where you're throwing up or you've got a blocked nose like that's annoying whereas this was just tired tired and sore tired and sore which is fine yeah i can I understand that fine. as long as your brain is kind of still switched on and you can sit in front of a movie then you're okay but yeah Exactly. Once you start not being able to sleep because you're sneezing too much or yes. or a sore throat so you can't eat, that sort of stuff is the real bummer. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was totally manageable. Yeah, overall, it was quite amazing seeing how many people are there and, and the rate at which they're, they're going through people just mm. constantly. I'm glad you got in and out in half an hour. I've heard of people who've been in, in the line for like six hours at the vaccination hub in Homebush. Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well, but I've, I've heard that they've changed their system of doing things. So maybe that sped things up. Right. Have you had any um, issues or backlash from getting the vaccination? No, not no. at all. I've got a... um. <gasps> what? <laughs> I've got a, a neighbor. Ooh who's really against it. He's one of those, um, it's all fake, there's no COVID, it's a government conspiracy, they're planting chips in our arms. Found this out, unfortunately, on a, I was giving him a lift somewhere not long ago. Found out on the on the drive, so, you know, that made it an awkward conversation. Awkward, yeah. So I came home from my, from my jab, and it was a warm day, so I'm wearing a singlet, and I'm just chatting to him, and of course he sees um, the Band-Aid on my arm, and he's like, oh, you didn't get the vaccination, did you? I'm like, yeah, I did. And I kid you not, he took a step away from me <laughs> looked at me like i'd signed my death warrant and mm. just said you better hope they gave you the placebo and i'm like i don't care keep your conspiracy theories away from me <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm a massive conspiracy theorist as you know i know but... we, we have to we, we still have to dive into that one day <laughs> But, I mean, this is not one of them. This is, like, medical experts. Yeah, I'm sorry. Know, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe the scientists and the medical professionals over bloody so-and-so of his YouTube channel, you know? Yeah. But you know what? Sorry, it's just a random side topic. I can understand how these thoughts might have, like, manifested themselves. Like, there's a thing in the Bible about um, the sign of the demon is they're going to put something in your arm or something like that. Mm. And I can understand the fact that 
COVID is such a random event. Like we don't even really know how it started. So I, yeah. I, I think I know what you're saying. And because there's a lot of misinformation and fear mongering and all these other things that kind of give rise to people coming up with extreme beliefs. <laughs> mm. The thing that always solidifies things for me is how can you imagine the world's governments coming together and cooperating on anything, mm. let alone a massive fake pandemic, which mm. covers the entire globe. I just can't believe that this is some organized, orchestrated event. One thing that does get a bit iffy for me, even though obviously I support the vaccination and I've mm. encouraged people to get it and it's the only way we're going to get out of this lockdown, I'm all for it. But there are certain jobs out there that they're forcing people to get it or they can't continue working. Correct. And as much as I approve of the vaccination, I still think it should be people's choice to get it or not. You could also argue that it's their choice to continue working there or not, but I think that's still a slippery slope. I mean, the, the, the difference here is that this isn't just someone believing in UFOs, you know? Mm. The fact that these people are actively refusing to get vaccinated, they're protesting in the streets, they're not wearing their masks, they're making the problem worse. You know, I can respect their opinion. That's fine. But do it in your own home. Mm. Stay away from everyone else. You can't add to the problem just because you don't believe it's there. You know, it's, it's just, that's just being selfish. So, um, yeah, overall, we've both been jabbed. Overall, yeah. fun experience. Would recommend. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was nice just being outside with people again. So yeah, the um when the doctor put his hand on my arm to you, put the syringe, you got like a shiver. First human touch. Like, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> um, and hopefully we'll be out of this soon. Yeah, recording in person. So our first acceptable or not comes comes from Winston (laughs) in Melbourne. Again, he's written in a second time. Thank you, Winston. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So great to hear from you. Do we know what was Winston's last acceptable or not? Oh, it was about the when you see acquaintances in public and then avoiding them. Very, 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 (laughs) very good one. Yeah, he's got another good one. He wanted to talk about, you know, when people show you photos of their babies or their <laughs> pets. Yes. And you have to feign interest. Yes. So, so is the answer here, is it acceptable to show pictures of pets and family? The question is, how many photos is acceptable to show and, and expect the other person to, you know, be interested? It depends. Is this like an acquaintance that wants to show me photos every day? Um, I don't know. This, let's just say it's a friend of yours that you haven't seen in two months. Okay. And they've got a new baby or a new pet that they're excited about. I think two months is quite a bit of time. Mm-hmm. So I think quite a few photos. Okay. I would say. <laughs> I would say something like five to ten. Whoa. Okay. And what are you doing? So, like, they show you a photo, and then what's your reaction? You go, oh, look how cute he is, and you try and okay. change the subject, and then they go to the next, next photo. Next photo? <laughs> I've just swiped. I've just swiped. Oh. Oh, yeah, look. He's, he's got a bone. <laughs> okay. Swipe. Oh, he's he's still got the same bone. <laughs> it's... You're going to do that 10 times, are you? Different variations of that. Oh my God, he's he's dropped the bone this time. <laughs> Look, this you're guy. really nice. What, what, um, what's your number? Well, I think it depends. If they're in person and they're showing you, I think one to two. One to two? One to two if they're in person showing you because it's like, oh, here's a photo. Swipe. Oh, he's essentially the same photo <laughs> um, with a slightly, like, the neck turned nine degrees the other way. And then you have to, like, come up with a new reaction. But if you're sending it digitally, like texting, more. 
because I don't、mm. have to do that same physical. I don't have to you know, raise the octave of my voice or <laughs> come up with a new comment on the photo. It can just be like ten photos, look at them all, and then just one response that covers everything. Yeah, I don't have to pretend. Yeah, to be it's not that I'm pretending. It's、photo. just like you have to, you know, put on a bit of a a show. But one of our listeners, Mark, he had a great suggestion. He said five, but in a collage. So it's five in. <laughs> it's five in one, and you can see them all at once, and it's like the one reaction. But you still get all the five photos in there. We um put this poll out on our Instagram at Acceptable Company, and majority of people said anything between one to three. So moral of the story: as least as possible. I think that also the content of the photo. I I don't mind seeing three photos if they are totally different. And they are actually exciting. If it, they're just like building blocks, you know, one photo. But if they're a child prodigy at playing the cello, <laughs> and they're playing the cello at six months old, <laughs> I want to see it. If they have a birthmark that looks like Elvis, I, I want to see the birthmark. How many photos of the birthmark, Bill? <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, two. <laughs> <laughs> I can handle two reactions. Do it the most. I can mix it up enough. If if you go to three or four, you're gonna get the recycled reactions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the next acceptable or not comes from Abby in Wollongong. Hey, Abby, thanks for writing in. Thank you so much. Um, she wanted to talk about doggy bagging, like doggy bagging etiquette when you go to a restaurant.、Mm. What? Where is the line in terms of? Oh, yeah, that's reasonable to doggy bag home versus not. Okay, are we talking about types of cuisine or are we talking about the amount of food? I think she's referring to the amount of food, but I also want to talk about, you know, is it acceptable to doggy bag at some restaurants but not at others? Uh, yes, I would very much say it's probably not as socially acceptable the doggy bag at a fancy restaurant. Why not, though? You're paying more for the food. Yeah, I get you. I understand what you're saying. You normally get less. <laughs> so, you normally get less. <laughs> if you can't finish it, too bad. Do you think a fancy restaurant would even have like Chinese takeaway containers? I don't, I, I don't know. I think they'd have to. I think they have to provide a doggy bagging service, but I think they'd look at you begrudgingly and charge you for it. <laughs> So where is the line? Talk me through, like, what caliber of restaurant is on the cusp of not too fancy versus <laughs> too fancy? Um, nothing with a candlelight dinner. Ah, the candle is the teller, <laughs> <laughs> and not the fake candle that you can switch on and off underneath. It has no, to be that, that's, real, that's real flame. If it's a fake candle, you can have a doggy bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And what about、um, percentage of food? I, I think if it's enough to warrant fifty percent of a meal, so you can use it as an accompaniment, like a salad. If it doesn't fill more than <laughs> a third of the doggy bag, uh-huh, then uh, then nah. Interesting. Like you can't just take one spring roll home. Okay, slight spanner. What about if you BYO Tupperware container? You bring your own doggy then, bag. Yeah, then can you bring that one spring roll home? Yeah, because you're already shameless. So. <laughs> <laughs> feel free, feel free to to doggy bag as little as possible. You got it. The rules are well, off the can, table. Can I just say on that shameless thing? I went to Europe with my friends. My friend who I went with, she brought her own Tupperware container, and we had so many like buffet breakfasts. Oh no! We just stocked up in the Tupperware container and had lunch, like breakfast and lunch free. Did you stock up hiding it from people, or were you? Yeah, yeah, no, no, hiding, shame... it, hiding it. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say because you should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saved so much money. I think BYO doggy bag is the answer. Yeah, but you can't. You can't take it to a buffet. Why、that's, not? That's the. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you can just bring, I didn't like... see a sign on the door. I think it's smart. I think it's genius. Because they price it because they know you're not going to eat that much food. So why don't you actually just take the amount that you paid for? I don't think buffets are that expensive, though, considering it's all you can eat. But, but you can't physically eat that much. That's what I'm saying. Like, your it's... stomach cannot hold the amount of food that you're paying for. Yeah, you, you can't eat endlessly, sure, but... I still... I'm still a big fan. Of buffets? Of BYO Tupperware. I think that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should leave your Tupperware at home, Z. I think it's like one of those things that people are too embarrassed to do, but when you actually do it, it's amazing. Like wearing Crocs, you know? Like, oh, that's so weird. But when you actually put them on, it's like, oh, these are the best. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like Crocs. <laughs> Crocs are just embarrassing because they're because of their reputation. But <laughs> bringing your own Tupperware containers to a buffet, <laughs> it's just that's just this is dodgy behavior. If it was a if it was a plastic takeaway container, that's a little more acceptable because it's a Tupperware container designed <laughs> to to store meals. This was this was pre thought out, premeditated. It was. It was premeditated. Uh, We've totally changed the topic, but BYO Tupperware to a restaurant, acceptable. <laughs> I, BYO Tupperware to the restaurant, unacceptable. Doggy bags in general, acceptable. Uh, yeah, acceptable. Thanks for tackling those two debates with me. Always a pleasure, Z. Um, so, thank you once again for joining us. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. We hope you've had um, as good a time as we have. An acceptable time. An acceptable time. <laughs> Um, thank you, Z. Thanks. See ya. We'll see you next time. Bye.